0: Your ears do not deceive you. You have just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview. Yes, I can clearly see that I rolled a one. (laughs) Uh, While the Yeti determines my fate, I wanted to tell you about our friends at Sanity Damage. They are an amazing D&D actual play live show. The campaign features a high-seas adventure full of piracy, steampunk, and Lovecraftian horror elements. You can find Sanity Damage on any podcasting platform or watch the party live on YouTube. Catch them bi-weeklies on Thursdays at 7.30 Eastern Time on YouTube at the Homebrew d I'll throw it in the show notes to make it easy. Oh, and never let a Yeti be the DM.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. Hello and welcome to Comic Book Yeti's
2: Cryptid Creator Corner. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here with uh, someone that this is like take two of our podcast recording. <laughs> we tried to do this before um, and had some technical difficulties, but now we are back and I am uh, here uh, to and uh, very excited to talk to uh, artist and illustrator and uh philadelphian heather vaughn heather <laughs> yes. welcome to the podcast
3: thank you again for round two <laughs>
2: um yeah i mean do you consider yourself like a philadelphian i mean i know you're in philly now but are you originally from outside of the city or are you from the city
3: i was born a whopping like two blocks from where i currently live
2: <laughs> oh, okay Oh, good. Um, Fantastic.
3: Yeah. So, um, I did move back upstate for a little while during my formative years, but, uh, back here, God, for over like 15 years now. And then, you know, my whole family's dug in like a tick in South Philly. So, oh, yeah. For all intents and purposes, I'm a a lifer.
2: (laughs) No, I, I get it. I, I, my family's been the same way in, you know, Delaware County. We're just south of, of, of Philadelphia. And, um, you know, my, my wife's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and when we were looking for a place to move, I I told her I'm like, well, like my family goes back over 200 years in Delaware County. <laughs> so, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I I I am now just right over the border in North Wilmington in Delaware. So, I did. a little. It's like I
3: don't know. Yeah, my my mom's Delco.
2: So, okay. oh, it's like we can't goodness. even escape. <laughs> no. No. No, yeah. Um but it's you know got a long family history here. I think I don't know if it's I don't know if the other parts of the US are like that, but I really feel like especially in this section of the east coast there's a lot of you know roots run deep, you know.
3: Yep, yep. everybody stopped and then they stayed. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but uh well so let's talk about in terms of the comic work you've done and kind of getting into art, you know to begin with. So folks who might not be familiar um I'm very familiar with your cover work. Um the uh, just You've done some amazing covers. I know uh, another comic book yeti, uh comic book Yeti uh I don't know do we call him alumni or like a former editor but Wells Thompson has some yes, comic yes, books We've yep, done yep. some amazing covers I think for Frankenstein yeah. unconquered for yep. Wells yep. and uh his co-writer Dalton but uh yeah just fantastic work. Uh so uh how did you kind of get into art in the first place like how did you take it from just like you know something that every kid does to something you really want to pursue
3: um well I think I started that way like everybody everybody draws when they're little they doodle Uh, I think the difference was my dad was kind of like he was like a landscape painter um and he was always very like two-dimensionally artistic and I think uh, he got it. He had like big imposter syndrome. So he never really did it professionally, like on the books, um, but he was a really good painter. And I think I was just encouraged. And it was never just like uh, a hobby. Right. And it was never seemed, I, I was never discouraged, I should say. I think a lot of people are like, that's cute that you draw, but like think about what you want to do in relation to that. And I think because my dad was actually. You know, speak, speaking as somebody with an art degree, my dad was very good <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, he, he did the whole art school route as well. And I think, um, you know, I was very fortunate in that he, uh, you know, because he was legitimately good, people around us saw it as viable. So I was never discouraged. And so when I got like typecast as like a teeny tiny baby as like Heather Draw is good, good, Heather's the drawing kid, you know, the art kid. Yeah, Uh, it was just fortunate that that it stuck and it was never it was never something that anybody tried to dissuade me from doing. Um, And it just worked out that way. So I always wanted, you know, classic wanted to be like, just like my dad. So I wanted to go to art school in Philly, wanted to get back down here to the rest of my family. So I did that. And uh, the rest is history. Um, Probably went about it in a weird way because I like first like my dad didn't finish college. So like nobody else went to college. So we had no idea what the hell college was about. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so we kind of stumbled into higher education, but, um, yeah, so yeah, just, just really just wasn't, was never discouraged. And my dad already had, uh, I think taken care of all of the uh, naysayers before me, thankfully.
2: Okay. <laughs> so your dad went to art school, but didn't finish it. Yeah. Yeah. It? Okay. And so, um, you followed in his footsteps to mm-hmm. art school yep. and, like when you first go into art school, are you thinking like, Oh, I'm going to be a landscape painter like my dad, or I'm going to take that and turn it into something else. Or were you just kind of open to, you know, what, whatever the possibilities presented themselves?
3: Uh, I wanted to be a prolific, like watercolor painter. I wanted oh, okay. to be like a children's book illustrator. Cause I think that's like the most, like I remember, I remember being in high school and being like, what the hell is illustration? And nobody ever really was able to give me a straight answer. And the only real uh interaction most people have with illustration when it's called illustration is like children's books like written and illustrated you know yeah sure that was my that was the only frame of reference i had so that's what i wanted to do because it was the only thing i knew was possible okay. so that was it
2: <laughs> <laughs> um and so what led you in the direction of of comics of cover work or i mean i know you've done some sequential work as well
3: mm-hmm. Uh. Accident, complete accident. I, I knew people like my husband, uh, when he was, he also went to art school to be an illustrator. He was one of those people that always knew that he wanted to be a comic book artist. And there was like a whole contingent of, of kids there that were like, this, this is the thing. And they had all these classes and all this back knowledge of like what sequential is. And I had no idea. I was a very traditional track illustrator. I was painting and doing all that stuff so by the time I got out of school I I had no idea what I wanted to do um you know illustrating children's book is is really long and intensive work and there's a lot of very good ones out there so the odds that little old me fresh out of college is going to get a job like that are slim to none and uh mm-hmm. I was just doing odd jobs and uh I started uh basically working in tabletop games because my husband and some of our friends uh, made a tabletop game company. And they were sh- we were a little strapped for cash, so uh, we didn't want to underpay any of the students working with us. So I just said, screw it, I'll do it. Like, I know where you guys live. I live with you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let me keep my name. Let me, let me keep, like, the IP rights to this. And if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. And um, so I got started doing tabletop games. That was my first, like, actual gig. And from there, I would always get people going like, oh, have you ever thought of doing comics? And I said, you know, like, I have no idea. Um, I know that sequential is its own specific thing. And that, you know, just because I'm an illustrator and just because I can draw a little bit doesn't necessarily mean that I'm good at um, that type of visual storytelling. Like you can be an an excellent artist and still not really have that nailed down. And I never, I never took any classes like that it was never something on the wheelhouse i barely even read comics i still kind of barely read comics
1: <laughs> um, okay
3: so yeah through tabletop games it just slowly morphed uh into comic work i don't i don't know how that happened i don't know why that happened but a covers a cover so that's good right uh and sequential i kind of went oh i guess i'll try it and somebody said, <laughs> like, "damn you're all right at this" and i said i have no idea what i'm doing i'm probably breaking like deep laws of comic when i draw
2: well I think that's great in terms of breaking the whatever the the laws of comics are yeah. because you know I think that's if you have you know if you are artistic and have any type of eye or idea in terms of storytelling I I think sometimes some of the most interesting like folks working today in sequential art are folks that are approaching it from a different angle and putting something on the page that maybe we haven't seen before or taking it in a new direction so I I I you know, however yeah, you agree. get to it, I think that's yeah. exciting.
3: It definitely can bring something different from a lot of the people looking at the same stuff. I think, so right? I'll give myself that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm a big tabletop, you know, and game fan. I this is my second year. I just got back as we're recording this uh, a few days ago. Was PAX yep. Unplugged in Philly, which is the big like tabletop RPG convention that PAX does um, in Philadelphia every year in December uh and one of my favorite games now uh wh- why am i i guess is a perfect time to bring this up and we'll talk about some of the other tabletop work you've done but i'm a huge fan of restoration games unmatched for anyone that hasn't played it before it is um a character based game uh, with a game piece and a game board and also uh there's a card element to it and you kind of battle your opponent you can mix and match all the different sets there's marvel comic sets and there's a um like legends character sets and there's like a literary character set they're they're fantastic Mm -hmm. but you illustrated uh the cards for the buffy set right yeah (laughs) (laughs) literal dream job (laughs) i mean it's a phenomenal game last january i had a 10 person double elimination tournament at my house which we're doing again uh this january um yeah uh the winner got a uh, <laughs> the winner got a Wawa gift card. Uh, oh, that's great! That's A beautiful. <laughs> a, Wolver- a Wolverine action figure and a copy of Frankie White and Kate Ballman's Twenty Fists. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it's it's a it's a super fun game, and I mean, I it the artwork for the Buffy uh, card pieces and the characters you can play are either as Buffy Angel willow or spike i think yeah yeah. and the 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 cards stand out i mean because i've have i own like four sets and even the marvel sets and the other artwork they're great but there's there's something so unique about the buffy set and i instantly thought it looked a little familiar and so when i was looking into it and saw your name i was i was not surprised i was like that makes total sense from some (laughs) of the cover work i've seen from you but yeah, I mean, I did you do like the the box art too? Everything. Did you do everything?
3: The whole thing. The whole oh thing. I think the only thing I didn't do was the backs of the cards. I believe that was Jason Taylor.
2: Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um it's just it's you know, it it really is wonderful. Um it must have been a ton of fun to have to do that.
3: I there are very few IPs that I could work with right now that would that would rival the like pants wedding excitement that I had when I got that call.
2: <laughs> so um so here's what I'm curious about though in terms of you when you get a job like that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's it's a board game, you know, the, the boards laid out, the little character pieces. And basically for anyone who hasn't played the game first, go find a friend that has it. Or sometimes your library has like board games you can yeah. like borrow. Um and it's for anywhere from like two to four you know players and all the different cards you play them in order to try and do damage to the other person or you know recover or whatever it might be but when you get an assignment like that do they explain like all the game mechanics to you and like do you get direction in terms of here's what we want all the cards to say you kind of do the design like what what's kind of the brief to getting into a job like that
3: um i didn't get mechanics talk um I'm sure if I had asked, all of that would have been provided. Um, I think if I'm remembering correctly, I just had the card names. I didn't have any of like what the attacks were. Um, so I just really had the names. And if somebody on the design team already had an idea of like what they were thinking, like in regards to like how they wanted like the pose of the character to be.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
3: think for that game, I like. There had already been so much visual language nailed down by the other artists earlier in some of their earlier um, unmatched sets. So I know like, you know, like Oliver Barrett's in them and his stuff is like, I have it on my wall. Big fan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so I was trying to make it like live in the same world because the the point of these games obviously is to mix and match sets. So you can have like Bruce Lee fight Buffy if you want, or the Velociraptors from Jurassic Park can can fight Bruce Lee. Um, depending on like what sets you have and how you want to mix and match. So I, like each artist brings something to the table, but I think uh, making sure they all kind of referenced each other is, is important. So that's kind of what I was doing. So a lot of the, if there was like repeat cards, like uh, faint was one of them, I would go back through the other sets and look at how, you know, maybe Oliver did faint and I would like make sure that my faint looked like sim- similar pose, stuff like that
1: okay um yeah. so that's
3: really all i got as far as 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 a uh, brief i didn't really get the mechanics much which is okay yeah a lot of technical reading for me <laughs>
2: yeah no but i mean it, it's just uh it, it, the artwork is just it, it it it's so much it's such a fantastic added element right it's like yeah. could be plain could be anything but the fact that it kind of um I do almost like lives and breathes on its own and has its own aesthetic to it. Yeah. It makes the game even more exciting to play.
3: Yeah, and I think at the time, it was they were still partnered with Mondo. And because they were partnered with Mondo, who I think was helping them get a lot of those IPs, the art was always going to be not a secondary asset to the game. It was definitely yes. like part of the reason that you would get this game is because you know these artists, these are Mondo artists. And like I, I have some of these Mondo artists like hung on my wall framed. and when you know i buy like i'm sure i'm not the only one who buys these games just to have physical versions of these like really great illustrators so to be counted amongst their their vaulted companies is wild and crazy for me because i was terrified
2: (laughs) (laughs) well i i think you nailed it Uh, i mean it's one of my favorite sets i have i think i have three of the marvel ones and then i have the buffy one Mm -hmm. um so yeah i i I think you nailed it. Um, Thank you. <laughs> well, that is one of the things about like board games and especially like modern board games. And anyone who's listening who like doesn't play, doesn't really get into board games they're You know, I mean, I'm in my 40s now. So games when I was a kid, it's I mean, it's light years and light years beyond that. And not just in terms of the gameplay or game mechanics, like walking around Packs Unplugged for the second year. Like, some of the artwork for these games yeah. and some of the design for these game pieces are, like, incredible. Like, you look at a game, like, even something like like Wingspan, and mm-hmm. uh, there's other similar ones. Like, I think Oni Preston one called, like, Birdwatcher that um, yeah. is, is, you know, illustrated cards all go along with it. And it's remarkable.
3: Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like Terraforming Mars. Like Oh, yeah. Fa- all of them, that. Like, uh, Fantastic uh, like, one, yeah. What is it, like, photosynthesis? Like, there are so many... There there's, I mean, there's something there for everybody. You can go you can go like terraforming Mars all the way down to like leader games with Root, like Kyle Farron, his little ink drawings, those 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 little guys, like he's doing yeah. that like with a paintbrush and an ink pen, like a madman. And like just boot bonkers talent coming out the ears. And it's so different than something like Wings fan. So there's really something for everybody, which is absolutely awesome.
2: And so I um uh, you know. Are you still like, how does that happen in terms of like, how do you get it? Like other than knowing someone, you said, you know, folks that had like a tabletop company and it's like, oh, well, we, we need somebody. And you're like, well, I'm available and I know what I'm doing. Um, How do you kind of like get involved in that? Like how, in terms of, hey, I'm free. I want, I want to look at like, is, is it similar to like comic books where you're like trying to get your portfolio in front of like editors?
3: Um, for me personally, I'm absolutely awful at self-marketing. Um, I have business cards and I have little like postcards showcasing my art. And at this point, I think they might be like 10 years old. Um, I don't hand them out. I don't remember to carry them. I'm terrible at it. Heather, what are you doing? It? Yeah. yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> do, as I, do as I say, not as I do. Um, but for me, it's all been word of mouth. Um, with the board games, it was uh, Philly Game Makers Guild. Um, They meet up at or uh, Red Cap Corner out in West Philly, and because uh, my husband and my friends went there to like get help and feedback on their game, so like they do a lot of play testing and they'll like sit down with you at various points in the creation of your game and like help you work out mechanics and all that stuff. Is it playable? Are the instructions readable? Do they make sense? And that's a really, really, really um, vibrant and active community. And uh, through them, I think when they got done doing. All of their their mechanic work on uh, the game Beneath Nexus, and the art started coming in. I think that's how the guys at Kids on Bikes found me. Somebody talked to somebody said, "Oh, you know, do you know any artists that would be able to work on this game?" It, which was actually very fortunate for me because the art I did on Beneath Nexus looks nothing like how I work. Um, it was okay. like I think there was like eight or nine artists on that game because there's just so much volume of work that we were all kind of working to a brief. Uh, and like a like a vibe and it was really not how any of us worked so we were all kind of trying to mimic this style of the game so when I you know when this game came out it was popular and everyone said the art was beautiful but it wasn't really a good portfolio piece because that's not that's none of my art looks like that and um, so when the kids on bikes guys uh, I think asked around somebody mentioned my name and I'm sure they found my website which does have the Beneath Nexus stuff on it from years ago at this point. But they also, I guess, got to see some of you know the stuff I, I'm actually, I guess, more known for.
1: Mm-hmm. And
3: that's how I got Kids on Bikes. And from Kids on Bikes, that's how I got everything else. Uh, wow. And it was, all words of, it was all word of mouth, all of it. So, you know, thank you to Doug and John for, you know, speak, speak, singing my praises, even though I had no idea what I was doing. It was my first actual, like, not friend of a friend job. Right. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and it was a lot of drawing. So uh
2: Yeah, because kids on bike now, I haven't played kids on bikes, but that's that's an RPG, right? That's yeah. more of a role playing game, right? Yep, 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 Yeah. And when you look at even like like if you go anyone who isn't familiar with it, if you just like Google, you know, kids on bikes, RPG yeah, there's and like see 14
3: volumes. It's yeah, crazy.
2: but you see like a couple of the covers come up or you know a Google search and mm-hmm. um yeah, that, that is what I more associate with, you know, the style that, that I know you in terms of yeah. your cover work from. Um, and I
3: think and I think because I did all those covers, I think if I have to point to something that got me into comics, it was that. Because okay. then I had actual visual like here's a cover with you know all the type and copy that goes along with it. And a cover, yeah. like I said, a cover is a cover. So if I'm able to do that, then why not comics?
2: <laughs> right. And I feel like your style uh, fits. That type type of kids on bikes, it's kind of like a 80s, you know, mm-hmm. like kind of a throwback. It it there's there's a quality to your your artwork that I feel just like fits that vibe really well. Um mm-hmm. in such a good way. Uh so yeah. And then I it kind of did it kind of blow up from there? Did it feel like things were yeah. coming in pretty quick?
3: Yeah, it was like I was like the guys at restoration were so helpful. I was doing like concept art for things it was it was a lot um to, without even look, I, I i honestly have to look at my email and go back through like my website and see what the heck i've worked on cuz it, it became a <laughs> blur which is great but also like oh my god <laughs> you know uh, right. now i have carpal tunnel in both wrists so <laughs> <laughs> take care of your hands folks but yeah i mean it was awesome and uh it just it, it went crazy like i was right. doing you know that's I think through them is how I got in touch with the guys at Restoration. And then, um, you know, I got to do the the artist poster series for Fireball Island, which was huge. And that's how I met, you know, Kyle Farron from Leader Games and Nick Nazaro from Lay Waste. And that was more connection I had. And then I met uh, Anya Combs, who at the time was at Kickstarter for Games Outreach. I met so many people so quickly. Uh, And then PAX being in Philly, like right here. Yeah, quite, uh, amazing like I didn't even have to network at PAX I just kind of like was on a few panels and talked to some people and th- I think that you know like some of those booths had my artwork gigantic like 10 feet tall and I was like holy cripes <laughs> I see every mistake I've ever made um, but it was like that's what it was it was all word of mouth
0: alright let's take a quick break what in the Sam hill is happening right now what is that You like bards? Oh, you like band of bards. It's not my fault, you mumble. That makes sense. They're dropping some great new series right now. There's that one about a heavy metal guitarist in the 1970s with monsters, working class wizards. You know how we love monsters around here. And my friend, Dakota Brown, he's working on a project, uh, Grandma Tilly's Hell Tech Mech with Lane Lloyd. I saw the preview for that. That is crazy. Jimmy even contributed to their anthology from The Static and had Matt Sumo on the podcast to talk about his project, The Bardic Verses, which makes a lot of sense that the project landed there. Where can you find them? You need to get out more. They are in previews, or you can visit their website, vandabars.com, for all the latest. Can we turn the music off now? Thank you. No more surprises, minstrels or anything like that. Or I'll rent you out to the Ren Faire as a children's ride. Let's get back to the show.
2: And so what was the first, like, you know, so you, you do, you start doing some of the game stuff and it starts like catching on and folks are asking you about, you know, do you do cover work? Do you do this? Mm-hmm. Um, what is like, when does the more of the comic side start really taking off then? Because it, it felt like I saw one of your covers, and then it felt like almost it felt like just every other Kickstarter I saw had like a Heather Vaughn variant cover. And I, I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> on <another> at <laughs> all. But yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But Frankenstein Unconquered and uh, Hellbent, and mm-hmm. I, I, there were just like one right after the other, I feel like.
3: Yeah, um, I, th- I think the first person who's ever, like, a- whoever actually reached out to me specifically for comics, um, it might have been Grant Stoy. Oh, um, really? It was, it's in between the guys, uh, it's uh, Hellbent and uh, Grant, uh, the guys from Hellbent comic and Grant reached out to me, I think the same week.
2: Okay. Saying
3: like, hey, we're doing an anthology or... If- all right you did a
2: a variant cover for yule right
3: Uh, i didn't do a cover for for yule i worked with jason piperberg and did one of the stories uh we did oh okay uh, okay cogatio yeah but um yeah i basically i said yes to grant because i was like he's like it's only gonna be like a six-page story and he was very sweet and very scared to talk to me in an email i'm like bud i i'm like just this weird little person don't 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 be scared (laughs) (laughs) Like you don't need to be but uh he was very sweet and i said yes because it was only like a six page comic and i figured i have no idea what i'm doing full disclosure um i can't write so i'm gonna introduce you to my friend jason and we'll see what happens and if it looks like shit then at least it's only six pages you know Mm -hmm. so um i kind of took that on and then hell bent right around the same time and same thing with um dj woodward and uh jana july i said i have no idea what i'm doing are you sure you want to sign on with me for like a several book deal right. <laughs> um and you know they were like no it sounds great we like your work and i was like okay I hope <laughs> mm-hmm. um but yeah uh turns out i mean uh yule went on to get nominated for a ringo which was super neat to say that I'm a Ringo adjacent for the first ever thing I've done, <laughs> um, along with yeah. some amazing, amazing writers and amazing artists.
2: Yeah. I really love that anthology. It yeah. Was, it was, it, it's, 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 it's great. Yeah.
3: And, you know, ironically enough, like we had an online zoom holiday party that year and by God, we're all still chatting every Wednesday night, still like three or three, four years later. It's crazy. So oh, again, met, awesome. met a lot of amazing people through that one job and, through those things, good things yeah. happen because people know people. So,
2: right. Yeah. Oh, and you said your friend, like Jason uh, Piperberg, no slouch. Mm. I think as we oh. record this, uh, Binary C is like doing great on, uh-huh. on Zoop. It's like three yeah. days left and it's uh, closing in on 15 grand. So, yeah,
3: y'all got to check that one out. Jason's, it um, looks
2: amazing.
3: Jason's like a wizard. Like watching him draw is just, I don't know how the hell he does it. Like Mm -hmm. I watch it happen and I'm like, bud, bro. Whoa. (laughs) So, and he like writes, he draws, he letters like I like, I can't do that. So that's amazing. Like I'm very
2: happy for him. Yeah. That's awesome. In terms of the binary C campaign. Yeah. It looks great. Um, Mm -hmm. It's there's, I wanted to talk to you about your, you know, your, in, in terms of your work, there's, and I, I think last time we recorded the episode, I and I was trying to find the words, and I don't know if I found any better ones. But like gritty is not the right word. Maybe for Philadelphia, it is. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, there's there's a certain like quality to it that I can't quite describe. It's like gritty seems wrong or shadowy, but there's just something about it that I feel. Like I look at it, and now I I see something similar, and I associate it with like your look. I think I feel like it's a very kind of like unique, and there's just certain covers and comics, um, you know. Though I thought me, may- I thought you might have done like a variant for Yule, because like folk horror or something like mm. that. I feel like your style just fits you know so well with. What do you think? You know, coming from being influenced I'm sure by your father that was like a landscape artist like what other influences do you think you've kind of picked up along the way that have led you to the the type of work you do now
3: um I think um most of most of why I I would call my work gritty and kind of dirty um I think I think a lot of that comes from like knowing like my dad painted like very 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 like clean beautiful polished work like oil paintings um and when i was in art school a lot of that was still there i wanted to do clean very nice beautiful soft polished work and my in my head my idea of a finished piece of art was that like it's refined it's you know glazing blending very painterly right and i think somewhere along the line like my doodles looked very different. My sketches always looked very different. And somebody was like, you know, they have a lot of energy. They have a lot of fun flow and you lose it completely when you go to final. Why is that? And I'm like, well, because this is a sketch and this is final. And I think it took a lot of people saying many times throughout my art career being like, yeah, you can paint realistically. Why though? Why? Like your, your sketches are funny. You know, your doodles are funny. Why? Like they have a lot more energy. They have a lot more emotion. And why don't you do that? Mm -hmm. And it was because I really couldn't get my head around that being okay as a finished piece of art that you'd hand somebody and say, money, please, you know. Um, So it took many, many years for me to kind of let go of the fine art notion of like a traditional portrait painter or something like that. Um, So I kind of had to forcefully stop myself from quote, quote, finishing stuff as I saw it. So I think that's like why my work looks as scribbly and scratchy and messy. Um, Cause it's an extremely conscious effort to make it look imperfect. I was also a printmaking minor in, in college. So I really do like the tactile nature of um, like art made by hand and not on the computer. Um, all through school, I was doing um, analog art. I did not touch a computer. I did not touch Photoshop until I graduated. Um, Everything I learned in Photoshop, my husband taught me because there was sheer desperation in the last couple of weeks of my senior year to get my thesis done. Um, <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, so I think like keeping the tactile, like imperfect nature of it was really important to me because I didn't want my work to look slick. I didn't want it to look like I made it on Photoshop. Right. And uh, that's the kind of work I, I really connected with, even though that was not the work that um, I, could, I was able to allow myself to do for a long time. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like a, like my dad used to tell me, he's like, you're getting too tight, pick a tongue depressor and two colors and you can only work with the tongue depressor in those two colors. And it was a really good, um, way to kind of break out of like this really stiff, really detailed, let's, let's get in there and mess around with it until it's perfectly, perfectly perfect that no one will ever notice unless they're looking at it with a magnifying glass. Um, you know, like I was very fortunate to have a dad that, like would say that. I'd be like, Yeah, this looks tight. Like he didn't pump sunstrand at my ass. Like he was very much a good art critic. Right. And uh so yeah, he'd be like, Yeah, you're getting really tight. He goes, It looks like it looks technically good, but I wouldn't like I don't care about this. Like it doesn't evoke sure, you drew you drew it well. Congrats. <laughs> Make me <laughs> want it though. <laughs>
2: um, don't be a slave to your reference, you know, stuff like that. So oh wow. Yeah. So it- in encouraging, but also at the same time. I mean, it sounds like he really pushed you though to figure oh, yeah. out what it oh, is yeah. you were doing. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was not
3: afraid to tell me when it wasn't working.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so, like, what? Where are you now in terms of, um, you know, finding a balance between stuff that you like to work on, you know, board game stuff, comic stuff. Like, how do you kind of keep it all? you know, together. I don't. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. (laughs)
3: Um, I think, I I honestly think that like, I was really fortunate to fall into board games and I was really fortunate to fall into comics and fortunate because I had no direction. Uh, I don't want to be a child, children's book illustrator anymore. Haven't for many, many years. I never thought I wanted to work in board games and I never thought I wanted to work in comics. And a lot of this Was me kind of just feeling things out and like, see, does the shoe fit? And not like, am I successful at this? But do I want to keep doing this? Is this what I want to do? And I think like 15 years later, here I am. And I I do like doing some parts of board games and I do like doing some parts of comics. But at this point in my career, I I think I finally like solidified what about certain areas I like and what Mm -hmm. I don't like. And, you know, even with that comes into it, like my health, I, I have carpal tunnel on both wrists, which is really rough, especially if I'm doing a lot of interior work like that, you know, that kind of stuff. Sandwiches. And before I know it, I'm working on like 16 different congruent jobs and just to get paid. But also in the background, I have a comics gig that I'm drawing like every night grinding on that plus wow. little jobs here and there on top of it, just so I'm getting like, um, you know, semi normal paydays, you know, so I can, you know, so it's, it's hard. So I think like, you know, coming up, I have, uh, I'm working with, um, uh, I don't know if I can talk about it.
1: Um, I have
3: like like a few comics (laughs) in the works right now, but I think after this I might end up taking a break from like big, like, like 22 pagers. I think I might just stick to shorts for a little while just to give my hands a break. And just so I'm not, uh, you know, just hammering the nail into my coffin Mm-hmm. Um but I love doing covers. Um I really do like doing sequential. Um and I would love to keep doing it. I just need to find a better balance on how much I can do. Um and then, you know, like I really like doing movie posters. I've been doing a lot of movie posters. Uh they're really fun. And uh as as ironic as it is to say, I really like doing editorial. Like I get to, I like reading like weird articles and getting to draw weird things that I would never actually pick up in my own time. So You know, like it all kind of comes back to like, you know, that, uh, trying to find that balance and stuff. So I think as we go forward, it'll probably remain a mix of where I'm at, what I'm working on. So, but yeah, I don't know if I can talk about any of the comic stuff I'm doing. Well, I know Dylan, Dylan and, uh, Randy Stone with Altruist Comics, Old Miss West, I think is up on
2: Kickstarter. Yeah. That's that's on Kickstarter. That looks really cool. It's kind of like a take on, uh. Yeah, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz, yeah. That looks Yeah, that was neat. a fun one too. <laughs> yeah. That so looks that's exciting.
1: What
2: I talk about. <laughs> um Yeah, and I was going to ask, uh, so working you know, traditionally at one point and then kind of switching over to like computer and Photoshop. Like what, what is your work now? Have you like fully switched over? Are you still doing a mix of both?
3: Uh fully switched over for my professional work at this point, just because mm-hmm. um it time, honestly. And uh, when I want to get to ke- kind of keep my hands in in the tactile things, I I draw up stupid gritties on p- parking violations and sell them sometimes. <laughs> and if you want to search Philadelphia artists, sticks it to the PPA, you'll find an article on me and the Inquirer blowing my spot up being like, look what this, this girl is doing. And now I'm waiting for my cease and desist from the PPA.
2: <laughs> oh, exciting. Which
3: I'll probably draw on as well. So screw them. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh,
3: so yeah a little bit of both <laughs> yeah
2: there's nothing wrong with that um it, so in turn like movie posters is that something that you um like how do you fall into that is that something that like projects you do because you 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 want to do prints is it because you like people are co- have contacted you about like putting them together
3: Uh, Yeah, I'm like affiliated with Poster Posse, so we'll get some jobs through there. Um, And before Poster Posse, I worked with um, Arrow Films, so I got to do Count Yorga, the vampire. Uh, So I did like, they're like, they're kind of like Criterion. They did Mm -hmm. like a re-release of Count Yorga, so that was really fun. Right. Um, I got to work on uh, the Hulu uh, Predator. Uh, That was pretty amazing. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, And then like the new Peter Pan movie I worked on. So like... The, I get a lot of jobs through poster posse and they're like, they're almost like, like, um, you know, I won't say they're official, but it's like, it's not the main art. So it's like, you know, almost like a, like an, like almost like a collector market. So it would okay. be something like, you know, Mondo, like a re-release of like an artist poster of jaws or something. So officially affiliated, but not the official yeah. art. So stuff yeah, I like mean, I that.
2: Th- I think you have some of them posted on your, on your website that you've done before. And they're, they're really great. And I I think I mentioned this before we started recording. I'm not, but the Phillies or the Eagles. Yeah uh jets poster um, it was a rough game for the yeah. I, as i say this in my eagles hoodie but <laughs> it was a rough game for the eagles but it was a fantastic looking poster so that's yeah. something the eagles do they contact like local artists to have a game day poster i had no idea yeah awesome. I, I,
3: oh God, they must have started a few years ago i did my first one in 2020 during the pandemic but yeah they there's so many good like philly is a big artist town like and there's so many of us and it's great so they've been con- they'll contact. I think it used to be just their home games, and now they've kind of opened it up to like the full schedule, which is awesome. So you mm-hmm. get like a whole wide range of art. But yeah, uh, the running joke uh, in my circle of humans is that I sucked all the talent out of the birds, put it in the poster, <laughs> and that's why we lost. Um, also, officially unlucky, uh, the only f- loss in franchise history to the Jets. I illustrated, so now I'm not allowed to watch games in person with my friends (laughs) i did go Uh, out and watch it with my friends for the niners game um the other day and we did loss lose and i was like damn that's that's official now that's two two games i'm involved with and i we lost so i have to i'm done
2: right Um, yeah you have to you have to stay in i mean we have the cowboys this weekend so i'm gonna
3: be in the basement i'll lock myself in if you need uh, I, me to
2: like DoorDash you and your husband yeah. <laughs> some food so you stay in, I will. I'll do it for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah,
3: and it's been bad. Like I'm working with Tim Daniel on unspecified comic, and okay, man, here. our emails back and forth. He's like, "Hey, just wanted to check in. Also, like, uh, Niners are gonna win."
2: Oh yeah, he's through you. Niner's and I'm fan. like, "Cool. Yeah.
3: Like, yeah, I'll be talking to you later this week. Go birds." <laughs> and then of course the Niners win, and I'm just like, "All right, this is gonna, <laughs> this is gonna be fun to talk." yeah
2: Yeah, i love i um i like i like a lot of tim uh tim daniel and uh the work he does with vault and the work he does with uh in terms of design so Mm -hmm. um that's pretty cool i can't wait to see in the future what uh what what you got cooking?
3: Yeah, and maybe there will be some eagles hidden in that work as a as a little dig because
2: <laughs> be <even laughs> it, was made under,
3: it was made under pressure. There was a lot of fraught yeah. feelings during, that went into the process of part of these pages. <laughs> It'd
2: be great if Tim doesn't discover it until it's uh, too late.
3: <laughs> I'm not, you know, unless he watches this. I'm not going to say anything until it goes to print and be like, "Yo, go look at that one page and see how many eagles, how much you can find on that page."
2: <laughs> uh, that's pretty great. Um, try <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, you said in terms of a lot of artists in Philly. I mean, not just comic artists. I mean, all kinds of of artists, um, you know, uh, are in Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got a great, um, I guess, museum scene. And and I I really love Philly. I I miss working in Philadelphia. I worked in Philly for a number of years. And, you know, I went to St. Joe's and then Temple. And, um, yeah, Philly's fantastic. Great town. Love it to death. Never (laughs) leave. (laughs) It is really good. The food scene's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the podcast is just going to be Philly talk. It's just going to oh, be sure, yeah. the last uh, last five minutes, six <laughs> minutes is just going to be about our favorite things to do in Philly. Uh.
3: <laughs> I mean, always asked. I'm always asked, so it's uh, happy to orient people to best sandwich in town.
2: <laughs> okay, oh, that's a great topic. What is what is your your favorite Philadelphia sandwich?
3: So I've I have a top three. None of them are cheese steak.
2: Okay, uh, let, let's go. Let's hear it.
3: So number one, uh, the pastrami Reuben at Herschel's in Reading Terminal. Okay, uh, that's god tier. Um, the number four, uh, banh mi at Ballet Bakery, uh, and then it's the uh, sausage hoagie from Rocco's out front of the Home Depot on Oregon Ave.
0: <laughs> oh I've never had
3: that <laughs> oh you got to I mean all the sandwiches are great but like there's like this breakfast situation that my my buddy Brendan works at Rocco's at that okay. location and like my friends are like really the, the like the shipping container in front of Lowe's and I'm like hey every blue collar worker in the city can't be wrong you're gonna get your money's worth it's gonna be a delicious yeah. sandwich and I don't know what this breakfast sandwich is that I get usually there's like you know you're bacon eggs but there's like sausage and i don't know what sauces he does for me but my buddy works there and i'll just be like make my day all right and i get something and it's always very good and they hand out free samples of sausage so you get a treat with your sandwich
2: <laughs> that's good okay <laughs> so that's in front of the the home depot or Lowe's? every yeah
3: every home depot in the city i believe has a rocco's uh sausages out front and okay. uh can't go wrong can't
2: go all wrong. right and I, I've, I have not had that so um man i all right i got a new uh i got a i got a new sandwich to try yep. that's exciting mm-hmm. um, <laughs> i'm gonna try and figure out a way to get through this weekend
3: i think there's some outside of the city as well don't quote me on that but i think i think if you're in the area okay. you know your local home depot might have a shipping crate out front painted bright orange and if so don't be afraid to go into the light
2: yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh Food trucks, food carts shipping containers yeah. i don't i don't really i don't i don't really vibe well with folks that like turn their nose up at like you know a food truck not that's uh i love them i love you yeah.
3: the best food anywhere is usually from somewhere strange
2: and off yeah. the side of a street <laughs> no i i i hundred percent agree. When I worked in Philly, I worked in Center City, like at a, one of the office buildings at 15th and JFK. My favorite thing to do for lunch, as a as a special treat, was to walk down a couple blocks to Good Dog, to that the restaurant there. Yeah. Um. I think the proudest I've ever been was probably sometime in like 2015. Mm-hmm. No, no, it had to be bef- had to be before then. It had to be like 2009 or or 10, where um for for one. For one year, my uh, photos of my dogs were like the dogs on the wall because they rotate the dog photos every yeah. year. Sometimes people can bring in. So I had at the time dogs, uh, Jack and and Guinness, and um, oh. they were on the walls at Good Dog. So um, yeah, Jack's no longer with us, but Guinness is 16 and a half. Oh, he's good for the, Guinness. Yeah. That's so cool that you got them on the wall, though. That's awesome. <laughs> I, it was the proudest I think I've ever been. I would I would tell everyone, I'd sit at the bar and I'd order oh, like a pint dog. and I'd get some of their. <laughs> white chicken chili and blueberry core bread, And I'd be like, that's my dog. <laughs>
3: that's, that's real. That's a real one right there. Having your dog a like good dog. Yeah. Dog. I mean, it's, that's great. You know, yeah, you're, your you're, you're a, you're a true citizen at that point. Thank you.
2: Thank you. I appreciate that coming from you. That means a lot, Heather. <laughs> um, so for folks who are listening to this and are like, all right, this sounds great. I, I gotta go to the website and I gotta see. Like, where, where would you point people in terms of you want to support my work? Here's where you gotta go, or here's what game to check out, or or here's the comic that I think is most indicative of the type of thing I do.
3: Um, well, the website, uh, I do need to update it, but for this, it's it's pretty okay right now. Um, h v o n illustration yeah.
2: I'll com. put a I'll put a link okay. in the show notes for everybody. Look, I'm making but you self market a little know, bit. A little okay. Bit.
3: <laughs> um and then i guess i'm most active on the site formerly known as twitter um uh-huh. so i mean like hey hit me up reblog my stuff if you see it um that's i mean like i i i don't know i hope i still keep getting work through twitter because that's really where i've decided to plant my flag and then of course elon musk went and ruined it for everybody so yeah it's we'll upsetting. see but um maybe i do have to start actually marketing now which would suck um but yeah uh, the the usual suspects on social media um is generally where i can be found most reliably uh shit posting right. uh <laughs> and occasionally some art
2: <laughs> yeah so. some wonderful fantastic art so folks should follow you or uh, check out the website follow you on twitter and be on the lookout for other comic projects and i i think by the time this airs um i think the uh the was it uh old Mrs. West? Mm-hmm. Old Miss Old Mrs. Old Miss,
3: yeah, I think old Miss Mrs. Poor Miss West. Poor Miss West. Poor Miss West. Which yeah.
2: uh should still be on on Kickstarter. But if not, I'm sure there will be another uh project with that Heather's involved in or a Heather yeah, cover. There'll be a few. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah, and especially in terms of I wanna I wanna find track down more of the um the kids on bikes and the board game stuff you've done because I love that. Be gentle with me. Set.
3: They're old. They're old. Be gentle.
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Heather, I I can't thank you enough for for your time today to talk with me again. I'm I'm sorry we had technical oh, issues last time, and my fault. um, <laughs> I just I uh I I love your artwork, and I love your whole vibe on Twitter and um it's nice to know that you're in Philly. I, I met you once at Tattooed Mom, which is very exciting. Also very Philadelphia. Very yeah. Philadelphia. <laughs> that, that was fun because like Steve uh Steven was there and Micah and Jay, yeah everybody so was there was nice yeah. to see folks that I do not know I say their first names like we're all close friends. Mm-hmm. I, I have parasocial relationships with everyone only Same. but you know <laughs>
3: we're all just digital creatures at this point (laughs)
2: basically basically we have to look i'm getting older now it's hard to make friends i have this i started a podcast to try and meet some folks you know
3: i mean i feel like that's yeah it works that's how i meet all my friends
2: (laughs) (laughs) um but heather i really I, i i really love your work and uh thank you so much um and so, yeah, so everyone, the, a link to Heather's website and her social media will be in the show notes. You can check those out and um, go birds. Go and, birds. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, oh, shout out to my brother, Bobby, the cryptic Creator Corner's number one most dedicated fan. Bobby listens to all my episodes. I think other listeners are probably tired of me shouting at my brother, but he listens to everyone, guys.
3: I have to. That's yeah. You can't. Yeah, you have to support your your fans yeah. to support
2: you. Important. Although he's he's a Dolphins fan, so oh. I don't know mm. what I'm gonna do Mm-mm. with
3: him. I mean, go Birds! But thank you, <laughs> yeah. but go Birds. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Thank you again, Heather. Uh, yeah, thank and you. Uh, thank you for listening. And if you like this episode, let us know. And uh, I'll see you next time. Good night.
0: This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid Creator Corner, brought to you by Comic Book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.